0: Hi, welcome to the Mother's Guide Through Autism podcast. This podcast is to inspire, support, and build community for mothers raising children with autism. I'm Bridget Shipman, the host and creator of the Mother's Guide Through Autism. This podcast has been inspired by my son Joseph, who's been living with autism for the past 28 years. Today, I'm speaking to Victoria Boone. Victoria is a board-certified behavior analyst, best-selling author, and behavior consultant for families of children with various special needs, including ADHD, autism, and oppositional defiant disorder. She is the founder and executive director of the Hamilton Center, an ABA agency dedicated to helping individuals improve the quality of their lives throughout California and Nevada. I am very, very excited to have Victoria Boone here with us today as a mother guide and somebody who is working um, and coaching autism moms. ABA is one of those topics that everybody is, is excited about. I'm pumped and I'm excited. Welcome, Victoria.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited, too. This is uh, this is definitely a, a pleasure, a joy for me.
0: Yay. Okay. So I am very curious about your background and how you became a board-certified behavior analysis working with children with special needs.
1: Well, I uh, I have a very interesting story. I kind of just stumbled into it. Uh, coming out of undergrad, I, I was a psych major, as many of us are, and I knew that I wanted to work in drug and alcohol. I'm like this is what I want to do. Uh, so that's exactly what I did. I worked in the drug and alcohol field for about a year, and I just wasn't I wasn't feeling it anymore. I felt like there was something missing. So I, uh, interestingly, applied to about everywhere that I could apply to, and one of those places happened to be an ABA clinic. I didn't know what ABA was. The ad just said working for kids, uh, working with kids, excuse me. And so uh, when I went to the interview and I got hired, uh, I, it was literally day one for me. We had a two-day training, and then I went to my first session. So I stumbled into it, and within four to five months of being in it, I knew that I wanted to be a BCBA. Like, this is this is it. This is what I want to do. And so that, that uh, year, I started my master's program. And uh, took all my ABA classes, and about a year, two years later, I became a PCBA.
0: Wow! So i lo- I love that because when I talk to other professionals working in our autistic community, whether they're moms or not moms, somehow <laughs> their story leads them um, to this pathway. So that that is very interesting, and it's we're we're so lucky that. You're in our community, for sure. Um, I know that there are a lot of moms out there, really teachers, anybody that is working with kids on the autistic spectrum, they, they don't really know uh, what ABA is. So could you explain mm-hmm. that, what applied behavior analysis is, and how it's used to help children with autism?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things that contributes to that is we don't really do a good job of explaining. So, you know, technically ABA is a science. A lot of people see it as a therapy. and Yes, it is used in a therapeutic way, but at its core, it's data driven. Uh, But ABA in the simplest way is um, an intervention that's used to change behavior. So we find what in the environment influences someone's behavior and we change the things that happen before the behavior change the things that happen after to, to modify it so that you know, helps us decrease certain behaviors. If you have a kiddo maybe who has a lot of tantrums or is a little bit aggressive, it also helps us to increase behaviors. So my favorite uh, cases are the ones where we're building social skills. And now this kid has a group of friends he didn't have before. Um, It also helps with language and communication, independent living skills, so teaching them how to shop at the grocery store by themselves, tie their shoes, get dressed. It's a really wide net, but it's... um, uh, an intervention that's applicable across that, that. And it's used in other realms too, but I would say the most common uh, application is with autism.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's a really great way to to explain it because, you know, when, when my son, Joseph, who's now 28, I was, you know, looking for everything out there and really ABA was not introduced to me at all. And I, trust me, I went all over the country looking for strategies to work with Joseph. so he's 28 now, so what I was hearing you say is this can this is not just for uh, early intervention. So what I'm hearing is this is uh, all the way up up through through somebody that, an autistic adult as well.
1: Correct. yeah I mean I even use it on myself to reinforce my own behavior so there's really no age limit. it's just, Typically, where we emphasize treatment and intervention is you know the early range the adolescent range, but it's a lifelong uh, intervention,
0: yeah, I love that I love that i'm I'm curious, you know, so it's all ages, but is there any area of a child's development that ABA can be more helpful?
1: Is there a-, a- Definitely. Um, early intervention. So, you know, the sooner a kiddo gets diagnosed, the sooner the parent can start services and the, the more they can intervene. So not only are they more likely to get more hours, but they're, we have a lot more time to focus on things. So I think that I've seen personally the most growth uh, the quickest in my kids who were maybe three to four, four to five, because there's just, uh, we, we just have more time. It's kind of like learning a language, you know, if you don't, if you basically you use it or lose it. So if we, the sooner we're able to help and support, the the faster we typically see results. And of course that varies from kid to kid, but
0: I think what I'm hearing you say is it, it's, it's best, it's most beneficial. Like most of the strategies we're using for autism, the the earlier we can begin, the more beneficial, but I'm also hearing that if you didn't hit that, because I get this from moms all the time, you know, mm. am I too late? My child's nine or my child's 10. I'm like, no, I don't know. No, think so. absolutely <laughs> not.
1: Yeah. You're not too late. And I, and I also, you know, I think a lot of parents feel guilty if they don't start earlier and starting is starting, you know, everyone starts at a different point, but there's no such thing as too late. You can still make an impact.
0: Okay. I think that is such an important message. And I I know any mom out there right now listening, uh, they they just took a a big uh, breath and was like, phew. I hope so. (laughs) I hope you heard that, mom. Uh, So could you give us some examples of how ABA was successfully implemented with children with autism? You mean specifically to the kiddos
1: I've worked with or just more yeah. in the general?
0: Yeah, like what are some uh, some great examples that, that you can share with us?
1: Well, I would say my my favorite story, for whatever reason, I think there are a lot of things that play into it, was um, I taught my the first kid I ever had, who was six at the time, how to tie his shoes. And it took us a few months, but every day we practiced shoe tying one step at a time. And uh, by the end of it, he, I mean, he could tie his shoes multiple ways, bunny ears, no bunny ears, it was an amazing thing to see. And I think that's one of my favorite stories because I saw how proud he was of himself and that he recognized that he would achieved something. So that is definitely one way. Um, Another way that I've seen it is, you know, a kid has a really hard time making friends to the point where, you know, they're often not even able to be in the same room with other kids. And so going from that to having the kid who now has play dates that he initiates and um, is able to carry conversations independently. So those social skills that are really vital to to a lot of kids um, are typically something that we work on. So those are just some of my favorite, my favorite moments. And I I have endless ones. I could go on forever. But I would definitely say social skills and independent living skills are my two favorite things to work on.
0: Oh yeah. And as I work with moms too, I just, that is the ultimate goal, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. To, to become independent and social and for our kids just to, to live their lives. As a mom, that is, I vote for that too.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it looks different for every kid, but the point is progress is progress. So however that works for that kiddo's life that's, that's
0: what we try to achieve. Yeah. just so far, what I'm feeling is that this is just creating a ton of hope for, um, any mom who's just gotten a diagnosis. So I, I love that there is something scientific that is proven and that has a mythology that parents can use. And in your book, positive parenting for autism, which is excellent. You You offer, yeah, it is a great book. You offer strategies to help children overcome challenges and then, and then to thrive, which again is what we're, we as, as parents are all striving for. So can you share some of the specific strategies that our listeners can start using with their kids today?
1: Absolutely. I think uh, when I'm starting with a parent, we're doing parent training. The first thing I like to teach parents is uh, differential reinforcement. Of, and there are different types of differential reinforcement, but the main one being um, of other behaviors. So essentially what that is, is let's say you have a child who has a difficult time following whatever direction you've, give, you've given them. And so a lot of The communication between the parent and the child is reminding them, hey, don't do this, don't do that. You know, so one of the things that I like to do is reframe that language. And so um, in the beginning, it can be intensive, but maybe every 30 seconds, 40 seconds, I'll have the parent uh, deliver a reinforcer. So give some form of social praise for something that the kid's done right, especially if if the behavior that's happening is because of attention. A lot of the times, if that kiddo is getting attention from the parent only when they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing, I like to shift that and make sure that the parent is delivering attention for positive things that are happening. So maybe every 30 seconds, the parent is saying, wow, I love how you're doing this. I appreciate how you did that. And then we kind of thin that schedule out. So then we go to 45 seconds, every minute, every two minutes. And it can be intensive in the beginning, but it's so incredibly helpful just that little change and so that is that's one of my favorites differential reinforcement and of course regular reinforcement so if things are happening and you like how they're happening and you want to see them continue to happen give them a high five if that's their thing a hug if that's their thing a tickle if that's their thing some form of social praise those are just little things you can do to to make change and they're really effective
0: yeah um in in education, those are what I call teaching moments, um, mm-hmm. and I, I do I think every second is valuable. Um, Absolutely, especially, yeah. When when you're um, at home with your child, and I know moms are out there struggling right now because of COVID. Uh, 19 and my goodness, you know, um, so having these things that you yourself can do at home, I think is so essential right now.
1: Absolutely. Especially if a kiddo maybe has had services and now they don't have access to them because of the pandemic. So there could be some regression that's happening, new behaviors and things popping up. So any little bit of help counts.
0: Yeah, helping the parents and the kids transition together. And that, that's what I love about it. Yeah. And I love that. Um, so moms out there, this this book, Positive Parenting for Autism, uh, is, is a great, great resource for you to try some of these easier strategies with your kids at home. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit because what, what I have, what I get sometimes is there are, there's some... Belief around, um, or a controversy around ABA, and I can say this: pretty much every therapy that I did with Joseph um, had controversy around it. But yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of felt like you know, if I if I know this is not going to hurt it's not going to hurt joseph then i and and i can get any growth out of him mm-hmm. i'm going to closely observe my child and if i see improvement i'm i'm going to do it right so Definitely. um there's going to be controversy so there is also controversy around aba and some of the critics argue that it's tough on children and that it doesn't honor their neurodiversity. So can you speak on that?
1: Absolutely. I think that's one of my favorite things to talk about. And I I love that you mentioned that lots of things have controversy. As I was um, thinking on this, I, I think that a lot of therapies and interventions that we use typically start off in a rough spot. There's a lot of trial and error and figuring things out. And I can honestly say that ABA, you know, it's a lot newer than people think. And so uh, the controversy is still very fresh. There were a lot of things that did happen that, you know, should have happened differently. I can definitely acknowledge that. And, um, you know, when people say that ABA is hard on kids, that really depends on, on who's implementing it. I think if it's implemented correctly, a lot of times it should just look like play. You know, it should just look like we are interacting and having a good time and my kiddo's learning something along the way. Um, but there are still some, some different ways that it's done that maybe are tougher on the children that they're, that they're targeting. And I think it, that's definitely something to consider when you're looking for an ABA agency is that we all do it differently and what works for your kid is this a place where it's you like your, your kid's going to have a harder time, um, you know, working through things and that is going to take more precedence over their growth? Or are you in a setting where it's more play-based? So these are different things to really think about when you're looking for an agency, because, you know, if I were a mom and, and I had a kid on the spectrum and I was looking for services, I would want, and, and I will say that, a lot of times when i'm meeting with a parent for the first time i'll explain to them that behaviors will get worse before they get better that doesn't necessarily mean that you know the therapy's not working or that we're being super tough on them but there's a lot of change happening in the environment but that looks very different than you know someone who's being tough on your kids so there's, there's just a lot of factors at play and a lot of things to look out for uh, but in terms of neurodiversity i've always said that if ABA is done correctly it should emphasize and bring out that neurodiversity. My goal is not to create robots or you know, to create a society where everyone's the same. I, I think that each of our kids being unique is what's amazing about them. So I want to see what can I do to highlight that. That's what's most important to me. So not everyone thinks that way, unfortunately. And so that's why you get a lot of variability in how ABA is implemented. But I think if done correctly, it should it should bring out whatever the neurodiversity factors are at play.
0: Right. So if I'm looking for an agency, what is Mm -hmm. my number one thing to look for?
1: Ooh, Um, I would say the number one thing is really asking about their approach. Are they NET, natural environment training? So that's more of your play-based approach. Are they DTT, discrete trial training? That's more of the tabletop and what people... Kind of no ABA to be if they're thinking about it being tough on kids and, and being more, um, more more critical. I guess. Now I still do use DTT, but I use it in a very fun way. But you want to ask about what their approach is. Uh, you definitely want to ask about the training of the therapists. So, are they uh, required to become registered behavior technicians? Um, are the supervisors on my case BCBAs or BCABAs or program managers? Uh, you know what. What does a group look like? So, if you are expecting maybe group social skills classes, and there are five kids in a group, when maybe your kiddo would do better with three, that's important for you to know. And also, will they, um, you know, will they work well with other other um, professionals? So, if you have an ABA agency who doesn't like to collaborate with speech or with occupational therapy, but maybe that's extremely helpful to your child, that's important to know. You want a place that is going to uh, work well with other other collaborators.
0: Yeah, so it's such great advice because when you're new and you're looking, it can get so incredibly overwhelming and yeah. most of us don't know where to start, right? So yeah. That Definitely. Is, yeah. So that is great. And thinking about all of it and thinking about autism moms and your experience, what mm-hmm. what's your best advice for autism moms?
1: Mm. I think the best advice is to, to take things one day at a time and to not be so hard on yourself. Now, there's a lot of research done that shows that parents that have kids on the spectrum are four times more likely to have uh, various mental health diagnoses than um, kiddos with other special needs or of kids that are neurotypical. So you're already operating, you know, from a higher place of stress, a higher place of maybe anxiety or depression. There's all these other things. And so I think parents, especially moms, have a tendency to to be hard on themselves. And there's a lot of blaming and shaming that goes into it. And so I think the biggest thing is for them to just remember that they, they need self-care too, and it's okay. And you're doing the best that you can and that's all you can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that because, you know, I've interviewed lots of moms and being a, a coach for autism moms, that is the number one commonality is guilt and yeah. exactly what you just said, because they feel so judged because I think still <laughs> with all the research and all the groups, um, you know, and I'm thinking back to when I just started this journey, there is, uh, there's still so much judgment that goes along with having um, a child on the autistic spectrum. So, yeah,
1: and we don't talk about it enough, you know, before my First position as a therapist, I don't think that I'd ever met anyone with autism, to my knowledge, I'm not sure. And I, I it wasn't something that was talked about. And to, I still don't think it's something that we talk about enough. So yeah, there's a lot of stigma around it. And it wasn't really recognized as a diagnosis until like late 90s, maybe early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was called childhood schizophrenia. Well, I mean, yeah. that's not the best, uh, uh, you know, place for stigma to start either so yes so
0: true because i was in that in the beginning stages um where we were just starting to make those small changes and i think that's one of the big reasons that i have come back to really just this is all i do now because Mm -hmm. there's so much work still to be done you know we've come we've come a long way but hey we we gotta we gotta help these moms out there, right?
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, we have a long way to go still. So, whatever we can do to support, I'm I'm definitely all for it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that advice. And I do want to ask you before we go if there's anything that um, you'd like to mention that maybe we didn't get to talk about.
1: Mm. I I think I just really want to reiterate you know, the importance of acknowledging where ABA has started. And, um, you know, I, especially when you talk to older adults now that have the diagnosis, and they talk about their experience when they were younger with ABA. ABA is not in the same place that it was. And and if it were, I think that would be an absolute shame. Just like every field, we continue to grow and improve, and um, I think that we've done a really good job of that. But nothing's perfect, and so I think the best way to make change is to talk about it. And that's why um, I think it's really important that us as ABA professionals discuss the past of ABA, but also talk about the ways that it's changing lives now. So I definitely want to want to reiterate that we're not all the same. I promise.
0: I yeah, that is great because I think that pretty much every autistic child is different. So absolutely the way you're applying that is perfect because it it's not and I and I think that's what makes it complex too right mm-hmm. is is that there is a mythology but the mythology and the person and the training and there's so many things that go into the right recipe for each kid and um I, I love, love that yeah the right
1: recipe I'm going to use that I like that
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, we need a little more of this and a little less of that for each child. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, doing the work that you do is essential. And I know for myself, I, I just want to thank you for doing this work. And I'm just filled with gratitude that we have mm-hmm. so many resources and people like you that that are willing to be open. And what I love about it is that you understand the, the true transformation and self-discoveries that need to take place for anyone with autism to move forward.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So It's important. That's fundamental. And if, if, if someone working with a child on the spectrum doesn't understand that, then it's going to be really hard to mm-hmm. get them to where you want them to be, to get them to make really any progress at all. So that's definitely fundamental.
0: Yeah. So I think finding people that, that are open to your child individually, I think is also a good thing to look for personally.
1: (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Your heart has to be in it. It's really hard to do this kind of work and you're doing it just, just for the check. And, And that's another thing that I wanted to mention too, about when you're looking for a clinic, a lot of it too, is a gut feeling like you'll know, you'll know. And,
0: uh, you know, that's important. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. And I I try to remind moms um, to go, you know, I use something called the body compass and really go in and use that intuition because really I had it. And it, I would go against not, not without struggle for sure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just mm-hmm. not like, I went, Oh, okay. I'll think I'll do this. It's not like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but if you can do that inner work and really listen to that, the, the intuition and really and truly that's what a mother guide is. So I love that, mm-hmm. that you acknowledge that.
1: Definitely. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So, Victoria, where can people go to find out more about your work and connect with you?
1: Well, there are a few places they can go. Um, If they want to talk with me directly, they can go to vbconsultingandcoaching.com. If they're interested in ABA services, they can go to thehamiltonctr.com. And if they're interested in the book, I believe it's on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble and a few other places. But if they just Google positive parenting for autism, it should pop up.
0: That is great. So I will um, make sure that the your contact information is included when we release this episode. And uh, because I know... Uh, there are going to be people that want to find you and your book. And yes, definitely. It's super easy on Amazon because that's where I went to get it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Perfect.
0: Yeah. Well, Victoria, great, great information for mother guides out there. So thank you so much for uh, sharing your knowledge and your expertise and all of us living with autism, but especially the mother guides. So thank you. Of
1: course. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review and share it on social media. You can download my free guide, Five Things I Wish I Knew Raising My Son with Autism, by going to my website, bmvlifecoach.com. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Mother's Guide Through Autism, to get support. I'm sending you all hope and love. Thanks so much for listening.